Hi everybody and welcome to this week's ARC360 podcast in association with I Love Claims. So uh, Wednesday the 17th of June and uh, you're in for another treat, another fascinating uh, webinar recording. And this week we have Neil Atherton of Autoglass Belron UK Limited, Richard Thorogood uh, of Rainbow Body Shop Group and David Vella of GT Motive. Uh, some great conversation as always. Uh, and before we go too far, obviously a huge thanks to our corporate partners, ASIS, BMS, CAPS, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance and SNG Response. And of course our partners, the Green Park Specialists in DASA and the Innovation Group. So again, uh, apologies, some of the audio is a little bit uh, rough. There was a very good uh, electrical storm going overhead at the time and uh, later on, in the podcast I do actually disappear for a little while but uh, I do make a comeback um, and also there were some graphs and charts and slides being shown so uh, tune in uh, to the recording which is live on YouTube uh, so you can view everything alternatively just uh, drop me a line if you want to find out more. enjoy the podcast all right so in front of us again big thank you to our corporate partners uh, for Continuing to support ARC 360, uh, ASIS, BMS, CAPS, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, and SNG Response. And of course, our partners, the Green Part Specialists in DASA and the Innovation Group. So we've got uh, an action packed schedule again today. Um, so plenty going on. And of course, there's that session I mentioned in terms of kicking off the week long Motor Claims Festival. Uh, Chris Kamara. As we know, he doesn't miss a thing. Uh, for those on the football jokes, he was obviously the, his sort of uh, finest moment was when he missed the sending off and uh, the commentators went across to him. But uh, he's opening up events for us on the Monday evening. Um, so well worth a watch. And again, an opportunity for people to get involved and tell a joke potentially. So uh, join us for that one. Back to our webinar and our usual disclaimer for the speakers, uh, the views and opinions expressed during the following webinar are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the contributors employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. Please respect any all contributions and we encourage you to in, uh, join the conversation via the interactive functions available. Joining us today then, we have uh, Neil Atherton, Sales and Marketing Director of Autoglass or Bellrun UK Limited. We have Richard Thorogood, Owner, Partner and Group Director of Rainbow Body Shop Group. And we have David Vella, Business Development Director at GT Motive. So let's jump across and good afternoon, everybody. And what we'll do in the usual yeah. fashion, give everyone a, an opportunity just to introduce themselves and give a little insight into their world in the past uh, week or so and uh, what's happening at the moment. So I'll come to you first, if I may, Dave. Absolutely. So uh, my name is David Vella. I am the Business Development Director for GT Motive for the UK and Ireland. I've been with the company about six months and it's been quite an interesting six months at that with um, yeah, the last three months of it being essentially grounded. Uh, but nonetheless, being very, very busy in a real hive of activity with all of the uh, all of the opportunities out there. Um, so, who are GT? I mean, a few of you guys will probably have, have heard of them, um, you know, through various streams. Um, GT are a global data solutions provider um, around estimating claims management, uh, maintenance, and breakdown solutions. Looking at opportunities in the UK, we are a cloud-based solution and are um, yeah, are sort of grow, growing, growing quite quickly in, in, in the space at the minute. 
Brilliant. Thanks very much, Dave. And uh, Richard, if we may. Yeah, hi. Good afternoon, everyone. Richard Thorogood, um, partner of the Rainbow Body Shop Group, along with my business partner, Andy Walters. Um, we've got seven body shop locations around the M4, M3 area, and uh, have really been operating uh, only at uh, a minimal capacity over these last few weeks, really, um, and suffered along the journey like everybody else with a very difficult uh, April period, um, but uh, starting to see the wheels moving forward now. So um, we employ circa 130 people and um, uh, pre-COVID were bubbling along quite nicely, but uh, obviously I've, I've had to uh, adjust fairly quickly under uh, all the, you know, the challenges that we've all got really. Great stuff, thanks very much Richard. And Neil, over to, over to you. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, Neil Everton, I'm sales director for Autoglass. Um, I think everybody on the call will know what we do. Um, like, like Richard uh, has just said, our business went into complete meltdown um, back end of March. We were running a tracking at about 80% down against what we'd expect uh, throughout April. And then as the first sort of level five went into level four in lockdown, we started to see a growth back up. Currently tracking at about, I'd say, 15% um, behind the levels that we'd normally expect this time of year. So it's nice to be back. We've got all of our technicians' contact centre back, um, or those people that can come back. We're probably tracking about sort of 95, 96, 97% of our customer-facing staff in the organisation, and then we're gradually bringing back the support staff over the next few weeks. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed, guys. Now, what we'll do is, again, in the usual fashion, we kind of open up the sessions with a bit of data sharing and insight. So I shall share the screen once again. And so the CAPS data for this week, again, the email went <coughs> out yesterday, I think, for those on the uh, subscription list. Again, if you're not on that as yet and want to be, either drop myself or Kevin at uh, CAPS align so unique claims claim that is initiated and seen for the first time as a single count supply change transmissions so the unique claim plus any additional transmission on the same claim i.e notification to parts vendors and here we go so we've seen uh, another increase which is a good news for the industry uh, four percent up in terms of unique claims and the same in terms of supply chain transmissions so again we're kind of seeing a little bit of a trend in terms of a, seems to be a big uplift and then it steadies off, big uplift, steadies off a little bit. Um, so again, are we starting to see that? Is that a common trend that we'll see over the coming weeks? We shall see, but the good news is we're back to kind of 69% in terms of claims. Regions showing the greatest uh, claim activity increase from the previous week. Uh, Republic of Ireland shot up 35.1%. Greater London, uh, just over, well, over 26%. East of England, 10% uh, and North West, 8%. So some fluctuation across uh, across the UK, some up, some down, but they're the, uh, if you like, the best performing uh, for the last week. And then moving on to uh, the integral data. So this is data pulled from enterprise customers, i.e. those claims requiring an enterprise rental, uh, which equates to about a third of all claims, plus the addition of its own claims business data, which handles claims for brokers, etc. So there's the heat map. Uh, and again, the big piece to draw out of this is the fact that uh, claims spread is increasing. So 11% increase in claims from the previous week, 33% increase uh, from the last two weeks of May versus the first two weeks of June. 
8% of claims appear in the top 10 hotspots. So that's decreased as if you like uh, the, the kind of postcodes open up. So 307 postcode areas versus 269 at the end of May. And the growth areas, Ayrshire, Fife, Birmingham, Wakefield, Darlington, and Bury and Bolton. And specific postcodes, so top six volume, NR6, ST1, EH6, EH12, CM20, EH12. And the new postal hotspots, KY8, KY1, B12, DL1, WF13, and BL8. All right, so let's get back to business. Richard, I'll come yep. to you first. Okay. What's your thoughts then on the data? Uh, sort of mirrored in your business at the moment? Uh, yeah, I, I would say so, yeah. Um, it's an interesting one, but none of us have got a roadmap. We don't know what, you know, we're trying to make some decisions pretty much off the hoof in a lot of cases and, and having spent lots of time planning things only for the next morning to throw, tear that bit of paper up and start again. I'm sure we've all been there. But, um, yeah, I would echo very much those stats in terms of our own business. Um, at its lowest point, you know, we were significantly uh, off the pace in terms of the normal numbers we received. Um, and if I look back in time, we were bubbling along quite nicely till the end of March, but um, we closed all of our operations in April and just kept a sort of central call centre function and some emergency services, really, uh, that were able to offer some solutions. Um, and naturally, understandably, you know, we saw uh, new claims notification drop off. No one was driving the roads after all, you know, that was uh, inevitable. Um, but we consciously moved our volume um, that we had already pre-booked for all of our locations into May um, and then were, made a conscious decision that we would start the business again operationally in May and start to, to, to get things moving again. And, you know, uh, you're trying to run a, a, you know, a, a, a full-size business with a fraction of the manpower resource and um, revenue. It's a tough call, you know, for all of us that are out there and all those that signed in. We're all on that journey. But um, so far, so far, the stepping stones that we're taking uh, appear to be working and um, we're gaining some momentum. And whilst our team are working incredibly hard, um, you know, they are, you know, certainly uh, going above and beyond um, and, and delivering almost some of the numbers out of certain locations that we were getting with more staff that were there. Um, and, um, you know, it's a bit of a win-win for, for the people that are on board. But... Um, so far, it is working well, but it is baby steps, and I think we mustn't get too carried away with the volume that we're seeing. Um, we thought we were on a bit of a roll and had quite an uplift, almost in line with the graph that I've just seen, to be honest with you, and yet last week it fell backwards a little bit, um, and this week looks like it's tracking the same as last week. So whilst consistent in numbers, it is small steps that it's, going, it's increasing by in terms of volume. So... Um, again, any business decisions that we're making off the back of that are still extremely cautious. And, um, you know, although non-essential businesses have started to go back to work now, um, we've just got to wait to see um, if that's having a real effect, Mark, I think. And it's just a word of caution, really, from our perspective. Yes, we're seeing things improve. Um, and I think all of us have to just to be a little bit careful that there's not an element of smoke and mirrors uh, going on. Uh, people will, will sometimes say what they think that you want to hear um, and rather than giving you the true facts. And of course, we'll all have friends and colleagues that we trust with real data in the industry. Uh, and I sort of, um, you know, really value those opinions more than just some of the uh, 
fake news, so to speak, that might be out there. Um, but things are improving, so you know we, we're a very po- having a positive outlook. But we just have to take that with an element of caution from that perspective. Great stuff, Richard. Thank you. And Neil, you've already mentioned uh, kind of where the business is tracking currently with yourselves. Um, you know, what has been, if you like, the trend that you've seen from, from I suppose, two sides of the business? You've got the, the glass operation, the windscreens and glass, and you've also got the body repair side of things. So can you tell us a little bit about those two, two operations and how they're panning out? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really quite fascinating to see the difference between the two. There's no question that glasses come back quicker than metal. So that's, you know, on these webinars I've been listening to over the, the last few weeks, months, the, the body repair business is tracking in line with that kind of graph that you've shown earlier in, in line with what Richard's just said. From a glass perspective, we were back up to up to the levels I said before, sort of tracking at 85% about four or five weeks ago. So it's, it's bounced back much quicker. Uh, now, there may be some element of um, catch-up, and I'm sure there is, there is certainly when I talk to some of my colleagues around around Europe, um, you know, within the Belron Empire, they they've actually captured on 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 the calls whether the damage was done pre or post lockdown. And typically, it's been around about the twenty to twenty five percent tends to be the balance of the work that's been coming through once once those countries have come out of out of lockdown. So there's that element of catch up. Um, so that that will have, of course, some of the uh, the recovery. But now we're seeing it's all it's all kind of fresh work. That's what we experience in the UK. Okay. The it's the same on the. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say it's the same um, to be said on the on the body repair side of yeah. things. Do you think there's Absolutely. a lot of kind of you know sat dormant whilst uh, whilst this has been going on, and now people are starting to make those claims or indeed uh, you know ask for those repairs to be done? Exactly. Um, there were so there were quite a lot of customers who who we'd contacted, who we hadn't done at the time because we'd thrown a lot of staff and we're only doing essential vehicles. Uh, and then once once Boris started to to release some of those restrictions, we made contact with all the customers. And quite a number of them said, no, no, I don't, want, I don't need my car at the moment. I don't want to do it yet. Now that we're seeing, that's, they're all now coming back and people are now wanting that, having, having those repairs done. So they, I think the level of um, customers who... We were quite happy to wait. We're similar in both businesses. The speed of coming back has definitely been quicker in glass than it has been in metal. So what we're seeing in terms of the percentage of stuff coming through now on metal mirrors that chart. We're kind of at about the 60% mark now. Brilliant. Okay. And you've got some interesting data and, and bits that we'll come back to you on yeah, um, sure. from, from the sort of larger Belron operation. So Dave, over to you in terms of, um, you know, the GT perspective on things we had, uh, well, Ryan Mandel of, of Mitchell joined us very early on in the in the uh, webinars. Um, gave us a kind of perspective from uh, from the US, uh, and I know you've been speaking to him and etc. So, what's kind of you know the viewpoint at the moment within the GT Motive business? So yeah, so just looking at our largest market in in Europe, which is Spain, um, lockdown as you know there was a much more stringent and strict uh, strict strict lockdown process. So we saw claims literally sort of stop overnight, getting down to as low as. 85% reduction um, overnight, which was a hard stop um, compared to the you know, compared to the usual activity. Uh, what we've seen month on month that's increased slightly, um, and then sort of a real ramp up when the lockdown started to ease in Spain. So, 
at week 20. So a month ago, we were at sort of around 70% of the average activity. And just this week, week 24, we're at 84% of the average activity. So a real, a, a real sort of recovery into the market, um, which, is, which is obviously good news. Uh, what you, the, the unknowns with that are going to be around, you know, like uh, Neil said there, what damage was done before, which claims haven't been processed. So there might be some, some sort of false figures in terms of, you know, is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is that the norm or is that going to change over the coming weeks? Um, so we'll see that, I would imagine, over, over the coming, coming weeks and months um, as claims start to normalise and get back to something like uh, business as usual. Um, there's also some thoughts around, you know, travel. So with a lot of, a lot of sort of Spanish looking to do almost a staycation this year with the sort of travel restrictions, a lack of confidence in public transport, they think that work claims would normally take a hit in July and August um, that might that, that might give some help help with the recovery somewhat. As you mentioned, Ryan there, I spoke to him. It was one evening this week, Monday, and he gave me some insight into into Mitchell. Now, what he'd said with regards to uh, the, the stats at the scene over there, he said at its lowest point in mid-April, and um, the U.S. market was only 50%. I say only 50%, but compared to some other places, a 50% reduction in claims. Mid-May, it was 60% of normal, and now it's around 78% of normal. Um, so, but he said there was very little impact, which was interesting to me because we were talking around parts procurement and some of the bits that, you know, the, the, the stories that we'd heard over in the UK. And he said there was very little impact to parts and the procurement supply chain as this, the main stakeholders stayed open throughout. So from a service and parts perspective, they stayed up, uh, they stayed open. So mm. yeah, that, that, that wasn't as much of an issue. Great stuff. Thanks, Dave. Now, Neil, do you want to... Um put up those uh, those slides that you've got and we'll just have a little look at those. Let you talk yeah, us another through See if I can. Let's have a look. Is that up? Can you see that now? There we go. Yep, they're on. So what what we do within within Belron, um, they share this, this kind of data amongst all the, the, the major business units around the world that we have. Um, we operate in what, 39 countries now around the world. And this has been really useful for us in, in terms of our planning as to uh, when we were bringing people back out of uh, and when we're likely to be, what kind of levels we're likely to see. Now, I think um, comparing our market against the Apple Mobility data has been is pretty good. And I know that we're not alone on this. There's a lot of people that are using that Apple Mobility data to assess, the, you know, where the, the, the business is in, uh, against that. So you can see from this chart, the Apple Mobility is this orange, this thick orange line. Uh, the, the light blue line is, is web traffic, so website users. And you can see how that, that mirrors that, that graph really closely, particularly when you're looking at the dip at the end. Um, if I come on to, and, and then the, sorry, the grey one here is the opportunities coming in, which again, the correlation is very strong. Now, what I've found really fascinating is, is when we're seeing those, those spikes that, that a couple of the guys have already mentioned on this call, is when you look at the, the various restrictions in terms of lockdown, and I don't know if you can, you can see these, but these are the, the various different types of elements of lockdown, stay at home, workplace closures, school closures, etc. This change here, you can see with a couple of these is when, when we had a release of some of those restrictions. Now, there's a bit of a flat, this chart, but you can see that there was a bit of a spike on here. If I can see this, you can see it correlates to this. This is where that, that spike is. Now, why this is useful is when we look against, say, other countries that are ahead of us in the game, you can see here, this is our, the, the same information, but from our, our French sister company. There was a clear 
change in the restrictions, as you can see here, around week 20 um, of this year. And look at the impact that's had in terms of opportunities uh, and, and mobilities, etc. Uh, and one of the countries, I know this is not Europe, but New Zealand, who are definitely ahead of the game and have, have coped with this incredibly well, they went into massive um, lockdown. I know when I spoke to a couple of our colleagues over there, you know, they, they weren't even allowed to open the front door practically. Um, and they're benefiting from it now. And you can see the change in, in those lockdown restrictions. Saw the first spike and then the, the complete out, out of lockdown. You can see again, we saw another further spike here. So why that's useful for me is when, when we back in the UK will start to change that, um, that habit again in terms of the next restriction or lifting of restrictions, I think we'll see another, another spike upwards again. So we haven't finished yet and it's, uh, it's positive. I think that's, that, if that causes any optimism or confidence in, in the business, then that's got to be a good thing. That's brilliant. Thank you very much indeed, Neil. That's, that's great stuff. Um, you know, is there an opportunity to share those slides that you've just shared with us? Is that something, just in case we get asked the, the question? Uh, you might be asked, let, let me, um, I'll, I'll ask. I'll ask the okay, question. no worries. Data may be sensitive, but yeah. Okay, no problem. Richard, coming back to you. Now, we are kind of at the point where we discussed it before we went on. Schools, potentially in some cases returning next week, uh, others not. We've obviously seen retail open up this week. Uh, you know, the football season kicks off again this evening. All these kind of things, you know, are starting. Are you specifically kind of, you know, looking in one area? Is there a specific indicator for you as a repairer that you think, yeah, that that will that could be the turning point? Or, or where are you kind of, you know, where are your sights set, I suppose? Well, I, I think it, it still remains a moving feast. I mean, we've got markers in the sand in terms of volume numbers we're, we're looking at, really, and the, and the financial impacts of those. And um, just trying to see how we um, almost map along that journey, not dissimilar to Neil, Neil's graph he, he had himself. So, of course, when we had the blip a week or two ago, we thought, crikey, you know, we're a month ahead of where we thought we might be. Uh, and of course, Greedo frantically started to remodel some bits and pieces so to come down the earth with a thumb. So, um, yeah, I mean, for us, you know, the, the, the drivers will continue to be numbers, really, and, and notification numbers, uh, new instructions on a weekly basis, and just, again, ensuring that, you know, we're converting every opportunity that comes along, really. So I wouldn't say... Well, I'd be highly surprised if there are lots of other indicators that I'm suddenly missing. But to be honest with you, if you're not getting the notifications, that's a pretty good indicator as to whether you're going to be in business or not. So, you know, I would focus on that one more than anything, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're just working on a map of saying, you know, if we get to this number on a regular basis, then, you know, using all the normal uh, industry indices, we should uh, we should deliver some, you know, to, to keep the business operating. And, and that's the focus and, and driving for us as a whole. Okay, great stuff. Dave, come across to you. Um, just again, a little bit more of an insight in, in terms of GT and, and the kind of information that you're seeing. You know, has there been any insight in terms of, you know, types of claims that are being processed as the industry climbs back out of this in other countries, in other regions? Yeah, so we're seeing a, a higher percentage of uh, more, more severity claims. So we would just see the lower claims aren't being, you know, aren't being claimed for at this stage. So you may see that flurry of activity when people return back to normal when they're off furlough or whatever the equivalent, I think the equivalent is uh, ERTE in Spain. Uh, I think that finishes on the 31st of August. So predicting that the, the normalisation of claims will come more to the fore then. Um, 
some of the activity that we're seeing, not necessarily around the, the, the volumes of claims, but more around the, some of the information from Ryan in the US market. They were looking at the uptake of different types of technologies. So there's been a, a, a real big consumer push um, and acceptance of photo capture, self-serve. So that's up over 160% and rising week on week. Um, and I think as people are looking at more, you know, better ways to engage without engaging, <laughs> they that they will look at this contactless or low contact uh, solutions. So I think from a from a you know, virtual estimating, we're hearing about virtual you know virtual receptions, uh, video receptions, stuff like that. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of different initiatives out there that are limiting the contact around the claim, be it logistics, um, you know, be it the you know, send, sending the, the, the data and the updates to customers, uh, or the, you know, everything bar actually fixing the car. Okay, brilliant. And, and Neil, within your business, now do forgive me guys, there's a big storm going overhead. It's, uh, it's not my tummy rumbling. It's, uh, it's all going off here with lightning and stuff. So, uh, but Neil, in terms of your business, what, what are you, you know, what are the learnings you're taking from all of this really? Uh, you know, are the different operating procedures you're looking at? Is technology, you know, being utilised enough? Could it be utilised more? Is that something we're learning? Um, yeah, just what are you finding really out about yourselves? Oh, crikey, there's, um, as we were having the conversation earlier today, there's, there's no question that we're going to go back to something different, um, whether that's working in a, in a magnolia box like a lot of us are doing here. Um, there's, there's definitely going to be a balance in terms of how much time you're going to be spending in office. From, um, interestingly, we were seeing a shift of our business of, of customers, more customers coming into our branches as opposed to being, you know, nigh on 100% mobile that we were two, three years ago. Now, part of that has been driven by our, our need to calibrate cars um, and certainly the sensors that are in the cars. Um, I think there's, there's no question a little bit more. They're shifted back towards uh, people wanting a mobile apartment just to be safe. Uh, there's no question there's there's a lot of um, noise around touchpoint sanitization and the stuff we're doing on cars and that, that that need for cars and the people to be treated safely. Um, and I think that's going to be very prevalent for the, for the months, if not years to come, as we gradually get ourselves back. So technology, you've mentioned, will definitely play a key role um, as... I think we're not alone in terms of the organisations who've, who've managed to get people out of an office, get them working from home. You know, that includes, you know, a 300-strong uh, contact centre that we have. We, we got all those guys out of the office and at home within a week. And it's, I think it's forced us to, to, to actually use, make greater use of, of technology and all the digital stuff that's out there. So I think from my perspective, digital will be, I guess, the, the key big big change and what what benefits that will help to to bring to our organization okay brilliant great stuff and richard over to you in terms of you know the repair business side of things you know what are you learning about yourselves about 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 the industry about your operations um you know how we go about things relationships all these things we've discussed in previous weeks um you know somebody brings a, a different learning to the table every week really so what are you finding out about yourselves well, I've got to say that, uh, you know, both Andy and I are, are incredibly proud of the rainbow people that we brought back. I mean, they're, whilst, you know, there'd be an easy cynical argument to say, well, it's an element of self-preservation. <clears throat> I think that just the general positive attitude of the people that we brought back to the team and of those that are waiting in the wings has been really encouraging. And we always knew there was a good team within the business. But 
you know, people are um, uh, now doing things that perhaps they may have hesitated about previously. There isn't any resistance. They're open to ideas uh, and embracing change. And I think that's massively important. Um, so, so, so certainly from an internal business perspective, I mean, from a, from a supply chain point of view, um, I've got to say on the whole, they have been really supportive of the predicament that we're in. And I think an element of that has been built along a history of both per, personal and commercial reputation and value that you build over a number of years. So people do take a view and you know what, when it's a little bit of adversity, you need to almost bank those chips, don't you? When, and, and call those in, but that doesn't happen overnight. You need to build that and, uh, and pretty much prove on a consistent basis that you do what you say you're going to do. Um, and that's really crucial when you come to, to moments in life like this. Um, I think from our working partners as well, um, it, it, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Um, and there's always lessons to learn when you have incidents like this. But, uh, you know, it's been really encouraging that some have been really on the front foot with great communication and also adapted and tried to make change with things that are in their power to easily resolve. And, you know, even you know, speeding up cash flow and things like that, they, you know, they've there's, you know, there's plenty of noise around dealing with some of the, the real prickly scenarios, but, you know, let's not turn a situation into a battlefield. You know, we've got to work and build relationships for the long term. You know, this is a difficult, challenging moment in history that we need to work through, but you'll still need friends on the other side. So, you know, you just got to try and balance that with still trying to run a commercial operation, but also understand that the partners that you're working with also have to run a commercial operation. So, you know, um, uh, you know, one or two have been a little bit slower to communicate and come to the party. But I think that, uh, you know, um, whilst they may be slow in some areas, they do other things good that perhaps they're not getting the publicity for. So it's just finding a balance, really, in, in all of those areas. Um, just going back on one point, just our general supply chain, um, I've got to say on the whole, I've been really pleased. Again, you know, where they can extend credit terms, phenomenal. And, and you know, it'd be unfair on this platform to name names, but I would just, you know, really, they know who they are. And, and from our business, you know, we will be forever grateful uh, in a difficult predicament. And that buys long-term loyalty um, on both sides of the fence. Um, but also, we'll, all, we'll also have in certain um, situations that were less palatable, you know, um, one or two niche part suppliers immediately demanding cash on delivery for parts. And you think, sorry, we've never defaulted on an account ever. Where does that come from? You know, but um, whatever side of the fence you're on, we've also got long memories. And, it's a, and, and this has a funny, uh, a funny way of uh, balancing itself out when the time's right. So um, I'm sure we'll have instances of that across the industry that we can, uh, we can recognise really. Okay, great. And you, you're running, obviously, a, a, a scaled-down operation at the sure. moment. Um, what, are you, Kyle, you know, what, what are your challenges as you, as you start to build back up? Um, you know, does it get to a certain volume that you need to open the next shop and bring a few more mm. people back? Or, or how does that work? How are you calculating that all in your, in your head right well, now? Okay, well, there are a lot of moving parts to that answer. I'm not sure whether we have enough time. We've only got half an hour <laughs> left, haven't we? Um, but you know, trying to trying to pick the biggest biggest elements of that, um, you know, clearly 
cash remains king, doesn't it, in any business, pre-COVID, post-COVID, it remains king. Um, and I think we may have to make some decisions like a number of businesses to um, really make sure we try and secure as many of the team that we have. We're less emotional about buildings. We're more emotional about people. Um, and if that means we have to sweat an asset at another location through uh, morphing into a slightly operating model that we had pre-COVID, then, then we have to consider that. And I think the team understand that. And then, you know, if we have to live to fight another day um, for a period of time, then so be it. And we, we you know, relaunch a site that perhaps we can cover the costs for um, if we've just got, um, you know, perhaps the rent to pay or, or a mortgage to pay for. You know, um, we, we've been fortunate. I'm sure there's lots of repairers that are listening and, also that, that, and businesses that are trying to battle to get as much financial support as possible. Um, clearly, it's better to be in our bank than anyone else's. And, um, you know, we've had, we've had some positive reactions with things like uh, rates, holidays, which have been crucial. Um, not everyone's been successful to get those. And business support loans. Um, my goodness, I'm glad I've got the haircut I've got today. Jesus, you don't want to be going down that path too, too often. I mean, um, that's a tricky one. But um, there is, uh, you know, we've been successful in those arenas as well. So I think... As Andy and I look back over our time so far through this journey, I'm, I'm not sure what more we, we, we could do to get our business fit for purpose. You know, um, we're always modelling what we need to do. We're always looking internally at doing things better tomorrow than we did yesterday. But that was our approach pre-COVID anyway. Um, but there's always things to learn. Yep. And, that, and that's not uh, going to stop anytime soon. And um, you know, we're, we're full throttle, whether we're on uh, this reduced uh, turnover or not. You know, we've still got to look. And, and there's always a saving to be made. I think that's, you know, certainly a lesson learned. And, and we may come on to that later. But, you know, that, if you've revisited something once, revisit again a couple more times. You'd be surprised if you shake the tree hard enough. There's another pound or two in there that you don't need to be spending. So have a good close look wherever that is. That's great. Great advice. Thanks very much, Richard. Hi, everybody. Halfway through the conversation, and uh, I think you'll agree it's been uh, a great insight thus far. Uh, just a big thank you once again to our corporate partners, Asus, BMS, CAPS, Emacs, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, and SG Response, and our partners, the Green Park Specialists in DASA and the Innovation Group. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. And, and David, I'll come to you in terms of, you know, kind of the, the, the learnings, the, the change process or the adaptability, the agility, call it what we like. But, you know, how's, I suppose, from a, from a GT Motive perspective, you know, what, what's been happening in your world? Are you, are you looking at doing things differently? You made a few, a few moves within the UK specifically, but, you know, there are other things afoot that we don't know about, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. So in terms of what we're doing differently from a, a, a staff and people point of view in the office, we were already sort of quite agile in terms of the workspace anyway. So we had an element of sort of teleworking, remote working within within the offices. And that's now been sort of scaled up. So we're looking at rota rotating staff where you might have 50% of the workforce in one week, you know, the next 50% in the other week. So it reduced the amount of people in, in the office at any one time. Things like hot desks. So, you know, nobody's having their own office per se. We've just got hot desks around the office just to make it a bit more a bit more flexible uh, and promoting flexibility within you know within the within the business and I suppose yeah you know, a lot of businesses will be now looking at through this 
forced evolution of having to work differently. They will choose to work differently as a result of it. So looking at things like, you know, do I need these big offices and paying these rates and these rents? Or could I do something better to balance the quality of life for staff? Does that open up the doors to other staff, you know, who, who might have some restrictions on, you know, uh, travel or whatever it might be? So I think from that side of things, people, like Richard said, people take the learnings. You look at, do I need to spend this pound here? Or is it better invested elsewhere? And then in terms of the activity in the UK, Mark, some of these, so initially we, we went out there with a free estimating solution, you know, OEM-based estimating solution for the UK market in a genuine offer of support for UK shops. And obviously my background is in body shops for 18 years. So I've got a particular affinity to, to that part of the market and wanted to do something to, to, to you know, to, to, to offer the help. Um, and we had a great uptake. I think within about four weeks, we had 67 shops take up the standalone solution. Um, we successfully implemented the training, um, the onboarding, and support it with video and online materials. And as such, they haven't had to, you know, they haven't had to um, have, have any physical training because it's, it's quite simple. You know, you're teaching a, an estimator to use an estimating tool. You know, so it's uh, it's in terms of that, it's, it, it wasn't that difficult. So we've had some really good feedback and really good responses to that. Um, so I think in terms of sort of where we are as a business, um, the, the business itself is probably about 18% down year on year, um, from, with, with, with regards to the numbers, uh, we're looking at recovery in Q4. And the main reason for that is because all of our estimate or all of the solutions are transactional based in the main. So, you know, if people aren't using it, they ain't paying us for it. So quite simply put, that's, that's been, you know, an advantage to our supply chain and our customers, um, not so great for us, but you know that's that's the world that we live in. You know, we'll recover, we'll come back stronger, and hopefully, we'll be able to do more with those businesses, and it opens up new markets um, for us. Great stuff. Thanks very much, David. And uh, Neil, I'll come to you on this one because it's it's one we kind of uh, I mentioned to you early on when we started discussing your your uh, your participation in this. Now, last week uh, we had quite a considerable debate around uh, COVID sanitization, if you like. Um, uh, part of the body shop research carried out by Trend Tracker uh, revealed that you know uh, charges were anything from from naught to to four hundred pounds. Kind of mean average across those responses was seventy five pounds fifty. But it probably wasn't so much around the commercials; it was more around a standardised process, if you like. Um, so, from a Belron perspective, do you have? a COVID-19 sanitization process across the board, across the globe kind of thing. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we have, um, yeah, it is standardized around, the, we have what's called within our group, the Belron way of fitting. Um, and interesting, when you, when you go to any of, of the various countries around the world in which we operate and watch a technician do the job, they're almost like robots. They do exactly the same. France and America and Australia as they do here in the UK. Then at the start of this, this pandemic, um, we've introduced what we, we call a touchpoint sanitization process, whereby we have up to 46 touchpoints of a car that we will clean down with, um, with, our, with our own solution that, that it will kill 99.99% of bacteria. Uh, we, we also have different ways of now taking the payment up front so we don't interact with the customers. The key's left in a, in a box. That's all then cleaned down. And we'll do that process at both the start when we accept the car and then at the end of the job when we hand the car back to, to the motorist. So that that is standardised. And 
and we have asked the industry for support and the vast majority of the partners with whom we work have uh, are helping us with a contribution to do just this. Okay, great stuff. So as a repair industry, if we want to find out more, can we come and knock on your door and ask for advice or an insight? Very happy to do that. Yeah, very happy. Okay, fantastic, fantastic. Um, Richard, your kind of, you know, overriding opinion. Um, we've talked about it week in, week out. Will the industry ever be the same? Um, I'm, I'm sure it will reach a moment in time when it when it becomes the same. Um, but how long's a bit of string? <laughs> That's the sixty-four million dollar question. I mean, the, the business is going to be different, that's for sure. Um, it's, it's going to be different for the foreseeable future. Um, I mean, one thing this industry is full of um, is, on, I'm going to, I wasn't going to swear then, I might say, um, is, um, <laughs> is entrepreneurism. I mean, that's, that's right. We've had to, those of us that have been in an awful long time, um, you know, you, we've had to morph and change when numerous challenges have been presented to us. And we're still here fighting. Now, this is probably the biggest one we've had to come across. And, you know, in times of adversity, that entrepreneurial spirit, that ability to look outside the box and change is absolutely key more now than ever. And not everyone's going to survive that journey. That's a reality, you know, but that's the same with every industry, Mark. You know, um, and those that have run good businesses that um, have got the liquidity to make investments for change, because I am conscious that, you know, David's here, with, you know, talking on behalf of a huge company, you know, Neil's here on behalf of a huge company, you know, I'm here on the repairer community, you know, we're skinny margins, we have been for donkey's years, and yet now we've got to find investment on top of all these commitments that we're all making personally as well to business support loans, which aren't free, VAT deferment that um, is still coming on the horizon, so don't bother spending it. Just put it in a pot and let it gain, gain some dust because you've got to be paying it back next year. And all of those things that are coming on the horizon. So, you know, whilst we're not necessarily looking for, um, you know, sympathy, it's business, it's commerce. You have to get on with it. You know, you know, don't do it if you don't want to. Don't do something else. It's a tough market, but uh, I think the... The, the building blocks of most uh, body shop people are that we find a solution if you really want to. If you've got the hunger and desire to want to go through the pain, you'll, you'll find a way through it. And you may have to take a step backwards to go forward to be able to live to fight another day. But, um, you know, if you want to survive, you'll do whatever it takes, won't you? You know, and I think that's, that's the mentality that you've got to have. Um, and hopefully, um, if you take those points on board, then you'll have a business that can take advantage of what clearly will be opportunity, but it'll be in a different guise. It'll be in a different style. And, um, you know, whilst I'm you know, a million miles away from the millennial um, uh, age group, um, you know, I'm still open-minded enough to realise you've got to change. You know, that's what the beauty of having young children, you know, children, teenagers and, and and young adults bring you, it gives you a window to, to the world to a point. And you can't use any of the technology, mind you, but at least you've got a window to it. Um, and, and you've got to change, haven't you? And that's how it is. So really, that's how I see it, really. I, I don't think there's an easy answer. It's going to be a difficult period, no question. Um, choosing, choosing your bed for those is important. Um, 
and and I think that um, you know you're you're going to have a situation where you've got strategic relationships and transactional relationships, and you need to find the right balance in your own industry um, to to ensure that your business is geared up to um, be there for the long term. So that's how I see it. Brilliant. Really, really good. Really insightful. I appreciate that. And Neil, your business, because you, you kind of alluded to the fact that it was almost transitioning pre-COVID uh, due to technology, calibration, ADAS, a lot more kind of touch point at a static sites. It's perhaps gone the other way again a little bit now. But but how do you see, I suppose, your business as a whole, you know, evolving? Um, and again, you know, as to what Richard's alluded to, you know, will it is it agile and, and will it evolve and, and, and meet the needs of, of the customers, et cetera, as, as we move out of this, I suppose? Oh, gosh, mate, yeah, totally. Um, I mean, every organisation has to do that, pandemic or not. It's um, the, what, what this, this crisis will do, it will certainly reward the more agile businesses. Those businesses can adapt and be flexible to adjust to the needs of, or the current needs of the customer, as Richard's pointed out. Um, so yes, whilst we were looking to innovate and change, and you know, can constantly address the digital uh, world in which we're moving, um, this was just thrown up just a number of other different problems, challenges, needs of customers that that you just address in the normal course of of life. I think it's just brought it to a fore much quicker. Yeah. So I, I don't see it as really being anything massively different. It's just. It's just been condensed, I guess, into a much shorter time frame in terms of response. Yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think we've kind of referenced it, uh, you know, many, many occasions. Really, it's just it seems to have accelerated everything uh, in terms of what we all had these kind of timelines. You know, us as AR three hundred and sixty did. Um, you know, twelve months down the line, we'd be running webinars. Well, you know, within two days, we were we were uh, running webinars. So it's it's just yeah. you know the case. Yeah. It's the norm. And, and Dave, you know, that again ties in with obviously your line of work, your business, the GT Motive side of things. You know, how will that, how are you expecting it? You've already referenced in terms of what Ryan's experienced in the States. How will it move, you know, your proposition along or, or how people utilize your proposition? Yeah, so what we're already seeing in, in Spain is a bigger request and a lot more interest in video appraisal. It was quite easy for us to link up our GT estimate solution uh, to that uh, platform because and offer a remote solution just because of how how open we are so it's a, it's a modern api you know, we, we collaborate quite openly with third parties if there's an added value to the supply chain so you know that's something that we're already doing over in spain the conversations we've been having in the uk with sort of several sort of several large customers and they once they've been put on hold they've been escalated in some ways but it's almost like yeah we really want this but can we just get our staff and resources back to normal and then we'll, we'll roll with it? Because I think you know, we're coming into a market where there's been a dominant player for such a long time. And with that comes, you know, it, it comes a restrictive sort of pricing and a lot of other things that we, you know, we don't, we don't see in other markets. We did see it in the past, but now we're sort of, we've normalized that. So I think for the supply chain, what we're seeing is it's really, it, it's, there's a lot of opportunity uh, when we're speaking to repairers, when we're speaking to insurers, accident managers, they want that choice, um, but I think the market has to change because if you want a different result, you've got to make a different choice sometimes. So I think that's where we're coming into into the fore now to say, well, what are the challenges to the supply chain and how can we help with that? So if it's if it's software or technology, if it's a different pricing strategy, 
if it's just a more modern sort of way of working because the, you know, the technology may be old and just looking at how we do it differently. So it benefits everybody, not just one particular part of the supply chain. So, you know, we are seeing a, a greater, um, a greater interest in, 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 te- in the technology side of things being cloud-based. It really supports remote working in terms of a, anywhere, any device sort of any time type solution. So that's where we saw the biggest traction when we did the free uh, estimating campaign. And then looking at some of the other other technologies around you know, what wider afield. So with with the Mitchells, they're, they're starting to really push on now with some of the AI. Obviously, we'll integrate with their technology, but we'll integrate with other other third party collaborators who have something that's market leading. Rather than go, do you know what we want to control everything and we'll create it ourselves? Actually, we're open to work with people who are already doing a really good job at something. Great stuff, brilliant, brilliant. Thanks very much, Dave and Richard. I'll hop across to you. Um, We've spoken about this, you know, again, week in, week out, but time, how kind of critical is decision making within a business, uh, within this whole kind of re-emergence thing right now? Um, you know, how important is that to, to you as a, as a body shop, as a repairer, um, making those decisions in, in a, you know, time critical fashion, I suppose? Well, well, listen, it's always been critical. It's not, it's not a new phenomenon. Um, I think that... Um, what we do find, though, is that um, there's been a number of areas that previously, pre-COVID, probably fell into the too difficult box, or you was worried about the fallout of what that change may mean for the business. And the scenario that, that we're in allows you to dust those off and have a re-look at those and think, are they valuable today? And I think that we, we have to keep doing that all the time. Um, and, you know... We said to the team, listen, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, as, as much as it's challenging for everybody, you know, personally and, and commercially, um, if we carry on being the same business on the other side of this that we was when we went into it, we have missed an opportunity that we'll never get again. So, um, as I said, that the items in the too difficult box are now dusted off and you know, re-looked at and will be implemented to make our business a better business than it was pre-COVID. Um, so decision-making is crucial and, and clearly um, cash or, or lack of it focuses the mind to, to make sure those, dis- this, those decisions are made very swiftly. And, um, you know, you can't, have, uh, you, you can't be half in and half out. We're, 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 you know, we agree a plan, it's done, and we action it, and nothing gets in the way of achieving the goal if it's right for the business and it's right for the people that, that we do work for and our customer base, as simple as that. So, yes, absolutely crucial more than ever. Okay, great stuff. Thanks very much. Right, my, my sort of uh, internet connection is a bit uh, bumpy right now, so just uh, apologies if I've missed anything. Neil, coming across to you... Um, you know, again, decision making, kind of, you know, the law of un- unintended consequences. Is there a, a kind of danger of us making uh, decisions too quickly um, within the market? Uh, and again, you know, how, how critical is that time element? Um, I'm not sure. I, mean, I guess there could be a danger of making decisions too quickly. Uh, but uh, I think you're still better off making something a decision quickly and then changing it again if you got it wrong. Uh, yeah. Uh, much sooner, you know. You sound like Boris, Neil. You sound like Boris, Neil. Got to be more U-turns there, aren't I? I agree. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I think I'd like to do it with a bit more humility at Autoglassel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
But no, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, interestingly, I had a chat with a, a couple of, um, of my colleagues on, on our exec team only this morning about the intensity I'm, I, I find. So we are meeting up virtually a lot, lot more frequently. It's eating up tons of time. And so yeah, what, what used to be like a monthly cycle has turned into what feels like a weekly cycle. And and so that has really kind of upped up that intensity. And you, you kind of, he was just saying, if you take a week off, it's, it's like you, you, you've got to work your nuts off to try and catch back up to speed. So I tell you, actually, interestingly, as, as an aside, I really feel for the guys that have been on furlough, say, for two, three months and coming back. You can tell they're like rabbits in headlights for the first week. Yeah. They're trying to catch up with the process. It's, so it's a, long, I'm, I'm, it's a long-winded way of answering your question. Um, Yes, we're having to make decisions much more quickly, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, Dave, come to you first. Uh, what's your kind of priority business activity over the next seven days, over the next week? Okay, over the next week. So we, we're looking at obviously bringing some of the some of the team back in, and really just ensuring that our customers have you know, have got what they need from from us in terms of support. So continuing to support the the, the shops that came on board for, for GT estimate till the end of the month. Uh, seeing if we can do, offer any other solutions and working with the UK partners really to start ramping up now the activities to ensure that we can offer a, you know, a viable alternative solution in the market. That's the sort of priority number one. Good man. Top man. Richard, yours? Um, really just uh, remaining in close contact with both the Rainbow team members, uh, business partners and, in, and really ensuring that communication lines remain uh, strong and open, of course, that's massively important so we can share what we're doing and understand what they're doing. Um, that's critical. Um, we'll be continuing to speak to our bank and push for the last business support loan to, to land, hopefully, uh, rather than just being told it's due next week. Um, I think I've heard that for the last six or eight weeks. Um, uh, also pushing the local authorities with some decisions on one or two uh, locations that we're still waiting on, on rates, uh, holidays from, and continuing to fine-tune capacity requirements, staffing levels and cash flow forecasts to remain on track and uh, in line with our expectations. So, you know, pretty much what we've been doing every week since. So, yeah, business has not been ground all day, I'm afraid, but yeah, we, it's not going to be stopping anytime soon. So, there you go. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Richard. And Neil, yourselves? Well, I guess... As the others have said, bringing, bringing the final stragglers, for want of a better word, back from, from, from furlough. And then, I guess, picking up from where we left off before lockdown. So those new areas, the digital I've mentioned a few times on this call, um, a total calibration solution to the body shops is something that was really getting some gusto before we went into lockdown. So we'll be, we'll be relaunching that again within, you know, within the organisation. So. Brilliant. Fantastic stuff. Thank you three very very much for your uh, input another very insightful session i hope everyone agrees uh again question wise uh we had a question about the covid19 uh sanitization process again neil you kind of covered that um again you know dare i say it, if anyone wants any more information to contact yourself hopefully you won't be too bombarded with uh, with requests or, or come to myself and i will fill them for neil um Obviously, any other questions, comments? We've obviously got the CAPS data. Again, I can pass those on to Kevin uh, or Ollie at Integral if anyone wants uh, any more details on that insight. Um, but really appreciate your time, Dave, Richard, and Neil. Apologies for my technology issues, but uh, I know a few people in the trade who can hopefully help me out with that. <laughs> and uh, best of luck to everybody out there. Thank you very much 
for joining us once again and obviously keep your eyes peeled for the forthcoming uh, Motor Claims Festival end of the month again on the Wednesday of that week we will be doing a big uh, motor claims industry uh, uh, survey so please join us for that because that will prove very insightful you'll get first uh, glimpse of all the information that comes out of that and uh, hopefully we will catch you again same time next week take care everybody and we'll see you soon guys. thank you bye -bye. Yes, bye -bye. so there we have it uh, another great webinar which took place on the 17th of june uh, again another great insight into what's happening uh, both within the uk and further afield and uh, hopefully things are looking up for the industry as a whole. But again, words of caution uh, specifically expressed there from, from Richard uh, amongst the other panellists. Huge thank you, as always, to our corporate partners, ACES, BMS, CAPS, EMAPS, Integral, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, Nationwide Vehicle Recovery Assistance, SNG Response, and of course our partners, the Green Park Specialists in Data and the Innovation Group. Catch up with you all again next week. Have a fantastic week.